Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. such an amazing legacy of faith and that faith has been passed along to us by absolute giants of people that we call the saints the reality of the intercession of the saints is highlighted in the catechism of the catholic church reference number 956 and it's got some other references in there as well Uh, one from the second vatican council lumen gentium is the name of the document and also an additional biblical reference from first timothy 2 verse 5 So I'm going to read this from uh, 956 of the Catechism. The intercession of the saints, being more closely united to Christ, those who dwell in heaven, fix the whole church more firmly in holiness. They do not cease to intercede with the Father for us, as they prefer the merits which they acquired on earth through the one mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. So by their fraternal concern is our weakness greatly helped. And this is a quote from uh, a saint. Do not weep, for I shall be more useful to you after my death, and I shall help you then more effectively than during my life. And that was a quote from St. Dominic before he passed away. Another quote below here, it says, I want to spend my heaven in doing good on earth. That was from St. Therese of Lisieux. Now, a big part of this podcast is to encourage our listeners to live a sacramental life. And Padre Pio was an outstanding example of emphasizing the importance of receiving Jesus worthily in Holy Communion and making a good confession. So many beautiful gifts that our Lord granted to Padre Pio during his life, including the ability to read the state of a person's soul. To bilocate, yes, bilocating means to be in two places at the same time, and to receive the stigmata of Jesus Christ. The stigmata is the appearance of bodily wounds, and the experience of physical pain in the locations of the crucifixion wounds of Jesus, namely the hands and feet. Now, now this isn't to be feared or for you to be taken aback or anything like that. It's just something that we should be blessed and thankful for, that God would choose someone like Padre Pio and other saints as well to be a visual example of God's mercy and a reminder of the passion and resurrection and ultimately his amazing love for us. So a little bit about Padre Pio. He was born... Francesco Forgioni in 1860 to poor peasant farmers in a little town called Pietrelcina in southern Italy. He had uh, a brother and three sisters, and even one of those sisters became a nun, which I did not know about. Jesus mentions in the Bible that he wants the little ones to come to him. And when Padre Pio was five years old, he had already made it up in his mind that he was going to dedicate the rest of his life to God. How beautiful is that? really goes to show that if it's on your heart to be committed to Jesus, don't wait until you're older to be a radical believer. Just let it flow. You can be young, you can be four or five years old, you can be older too, but don't wait. And to the parents out there, you know, 
the daily recitation of the rosary was a real big part of Padre Pio's family life. And if you're new to praying the rosary, just start small. For example, just say an Our Father, three Hail Marys, and a Glory Be, but really say it as a family. That's the really important thing, to do it together. Work your way up from there to praying that full rosary of five decades. It only takes usually about 20 minutes. You know, it teaches ourselves, yourselves, and your children to live in the presence of God and have that relationship with our Lord. And doing it as a family, it just amplifies that grace. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And that's so beautiful, and it's really beautiful when we can bring our kids and our spouse and into that prayer as well. Now, it did take too long for Padre Pio's parents to discern. There was something special about their, their little boy. But there was a condition that was placed on Padre Pio as a youth uh, as to what he had to do before he would be accepted by the Capuchin order. And that was that he needed a better education because as a youth, he had very little formal schooling and was, for all intents and purposes, illiterate. The, the way he was catechized actually was by his parents, but it was through the narration of Catholic teachings and Bible stories. Recognizing that their son had a vocation, but they didn't have a lot of money. Padre Pio's dad, his name was Grazio, he actually traveled to the United States and found work as a laborer in Pennsylvania and New York State, uh, which is really neat and very cool because that's the connection that Padre Pio has to the Americas. Uh, Grazio only spent a couple years in New York and in Pennsylvania, but he did manage to earn enough money to send back to Italy and secure a good tutor for the young Padre Pio. Now, I mentioned this story because as a father, this reminds me that we have a lot of responsibilities for our family. Indeed, it's important that men work to support the temporal needs of our wives and children. Adequate housing, clothing, the recreational activities, those are all real vital to the development of the physical and mental well-being of our children. But we cannot downplay, underestimate, or simply dismiss the importance of the spiritual well-being of our children. And that starts with us living in a state of grace, walking in friendship with God through prayer, frequent confession, and going to Mass every Sunday. Let's be there for our kids' dance recitals and hockey games, and I, I know I love all those events with my kids for sure. But let's never, ever let a day go by where we don't provide a bona fide example of word and action of the gospel of Jesus to our kids. We'll be held accountable for their spiritual upbringing and the state of our children's souls when we have our exit interview with Jesus at the end of our life. Padre Pio was ordained to the priesthood in 1910 and eventually was assigned to the monastery of St. Giovanni Rotundo. The stigmata wounds appeared in 1918 and stayed with him until he passed away in 1968. So think about that run, 50 years. Now, the stigmata was actually brought up in, uh, by St. Paul in the letter to the Galatians in six, uh, chapter 6, verse 17. And through that scripture verse, there is evidence that St. Paul also bore the wounds of Jesus, just like St. Padre Pio. So the stigmata is definitely not some new phenomena. Padre Pio was repeatedly examined by medical professionals, but medical sources could not explain the phenomena. The stigmata was different than other wounds because the wounds simply would not heal. And they weren't symbo simply symbolic of Christ's suffering. Padre Pio endured agonizing pain, which confined him to a wheelchair for much of the time that he spent here on earth. And even celebrating Mass could be very long and difficult for him. Nonetheless, he bore the wounds with joy and patience and considered it a privilege to suffer for Christ for the sake of saving souls. Another great gift 
our Lord bestowed upon Padre Pio was his ability to read the souls of penitents in confession. So can you imagine that going into confession and a priest actually having that God-given ability to read your soul and know exactly what the state of your soul was in? So now the conversion of poor sinners was a very high priority for Padre Pio, and he would spend up to 19 hours per day in the confessional. People would wait up to 10 days for their turn to go to confession to this holy priest. Uh, can you imagine more than 10 people in a lineup nowadays? Well, some people lined up for 10 days. Many stories of the most hardened sinners and heretics came face to face with the supernatural. In addition to being given this grace to point out specific sins, Padre Pio would also have the grace to know when the last time the penitent even gave a good confession. So the lesson here is really let's be honest with ourselves and with our Lord when we go to confession. Spiritual growth happens when we are brutally honest with ourselves in the state of our soul. There is no sin that is bigger than God's mercy. So don't hide it, confess it, and be healed. Another amazing grace that was bestowed upon Padre Pio by our Lord was the ability to bilocate. Yup, that means being in two places at the very same time. Most common is Padre Pio would be known to be in his room, but we'd also be seen praying in the monastery's chapel at the very same time. But perhaps the most remarkable of the documented cases of bilocation was Padre Pio's appearance in the air over San Giovanni Rotondo during World War II. While southern Italy remained in Nazi hands, American bombers were given the job of attacking the city of San Giovanni Rotondo. However, when they appeared over the city and prepared to unload their munitions, a brown-robed friar appeared before their aircraft. Imagine that. All attempts to release the bombs would fail. And in this way, Padre Pio kept his promise to the citizens that their town would be spared. Later on, when an American airbase had been established at Foggia, a few miles away, one of the pilots of this incident visited the friary and found, to his surprise, that little friar that he had seen in the air that day over San Giovanni Rotondo was Padre Pio. The ancient enemy was constantly on the prowl trying to distract Padre Pio from his mission to save souls. Physical evidence of numerous attacks from the devil were observed on his body by his fellow Capuchin friars. Through these tribulations, though, the message Padre Pio had was clear. Resist the devil and come with humility to confession. We need to acknowledge that the devil and his influence, the influence of the demonic, is real in our world. Hey, look what's happening outside in our world today. We have a massive sin problem. The devil prowls this world looking for souls to devour. Stay on guard at all times and remember that Jesus' mercy is available through reconciliation and confession. Let's not spend even a single moment of our life in the state of mortal sin. As part of the canonization process, the church routinely exhumes the bodies of those whose case is up for sainthood. I know some people think that's a little, a little strange, but you know, there's, there's a method to, the, to this practice that the church has used for many years. What happened when they exhumed Padre Pio's body back in 2008 was that it was found to be well-preserved condition and it was incorrupt. So this miracle again highlights the purity and holiness of Padre Pio and gives us an example of virtue that we can follow throughout our lives. His feast day is September 23rd, and he is the patron saint of civic defense volunteers, adolescents, and those suffering from stress. One of the great quotes from Padre Pio is, Where there is no obedience, there is no virtue. Where there is no virtue, there is no good. 
Where there is no good, there is no love. Where there is no love, there is no God. And where there is no God, there is no paradise. And of course, the one that uh, we've quoted out a few times here on this, uh, this podcast is pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Padre Pio said, after my death, I will do more. My real mission will begin after my death. So he's saying, hey, when I'm in heaven, I'm going to be helping you guys out on earth. I'm going to help you get to paradise. So let's ask Padre Pio for his intercession in our journey here on earth. Padre Pio also had five rules for spiritual growth that I wanted to share with you. And not all of these maybe are possible. It just really depends on the state of your, your life and your vocation. I know a lot of people have to, to work, maybe even work shift work. And uh, sometimes it's difficult to do all of these things, but they are uh, really good rules that I think we can all employ, uh, even uh, uh, little parts and bits and pieces of all of these. The first one that he mentions is weekly confession. He says a room needs to be dusted once a week, even if nobody is in there. And that's a great point. I don't know if it's possible for you to go to confession once a week, but it certainly would make sense to go no uh, don't wait any more than once a month. We talk about going to confession at least three times a year. Uh, that's every Advent, Lent, and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin. But if you go to confession regularly, every couple of weeks, it just keeps your soul clean. And even some of the venial sins, some of the smaller sins that are kind of festering and uh, that, that you're struggling with, if you keep going uh, more and more often, you'll get that grace to even overcome venial sins and it'll just it'll just improve your spiritual life so much and uh, lead you to holiness and other people are going to notice it too i guarantee so weekly confession is one but hey try to go to confession as often as you can for sure number two is daily communion this is another one that it might not be possible for you given your state in life if you're uh depending on your working hours and some of your responsibilities at home but it says here padre pio says unless you are positive that you are in a state of mortal sin you ought to take communion every day Maybe some of you that are retired and maybe have that opportunity to go to Mass every day, I'd encourage you to just do it. And those that maybe can't make it every day, try to do what I do, and that's try to go to, to Mass at least one time during the week other than Sunday. Go for yourself. Go for your own spiritual development. And trust me, it makes a big difference, and it gives you an opportunity to pray and to get closer to Christ. It's really good. Number three is spiritual reading. And I, I like this one, and it uh, means something to me too because, hey, I'm like a lot of guys, I do like reading a lot of sports magazines and, and sports stories and, and things of the like. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that in itself, but really a good way to start your day is actually just peeling open the Bible and reading five or 10 minutes of scripture. Uh, some of you know who Father Larry Richards is and and uh, one of his sayings is no Bible, no breakfast, uh, no Bible, no bed. So what he's saying is basically in the morning, as soon as you get up, open the Bible, read for five or 10 minutes. And before you go to bed, just put the Bible on your pillow so that it reminds you to do a little bit of spiritual reading before you go to bed. And I think it makes a lot of sense. We want to make sure that Jesus is speaking to us first thing in the morning and right before we go to sleep. Also, take advantage of going to the local Catholic bookstore and just picking out a book about the saints or even current events in the Catholic Church. I think those are all real beneficial to us when it comes to spiritual reading and making sure that we have good things in front of our eyes and good things to, to feed our soul. Number four is meditation. So obviously the Holy Mass is the, the greatest form of prayer, but uh, there's other places that we can meditate as well and not be right at our home. We can do that even just by praying the rosary, which we mentioned earlier today. But meditation, Padre Pio says, is the key to progress in the knowledge of self as well as the knowledge of God. And through it, we achieve the goal of spiritual life. 
which is the transformation of the soul in Christ. So it's always important to just say verbal prayers as well, especially with your family. But it is really true as meditative prayer is that rocket feel to get us on the fast track to a real close and personal relationship with Jesus. So I encourage you to to uh, take that time to meditate and to invite your family to do the same thing with you. The fifth one that Padre Pio mentions is examination of conscience. So this is so important before we go to confession as well to have a good examination of conscience. And I'm going to include something in uh, the show notes here that uh, you can take with you to confession uh, or prior to going to confession that you can uh, meditate and think about. But an examination of conscience even daily. Padre Pio actually suggests that during the day, uh, we should do twice. So once in the morning and once in the evening. And he says that's to purify your soul from every earthly affection that might have been attached itself to you during the day. So actually, I think it actually really helps when you think about going to confession, examining yourself on a daily basis and asking God for forgiveness, even if they're just small sins or sins of omission. So those are the things that we look back on the day and say, man, I probably was put in this situation for a reason and I didn't act on it for whatever that that reason was. And it may have been a, a spiritual benefit to ourselves or to somebody else, but we just didn't do it. But that's a time we can do that at nighttime when we have that quiet time before we go to sleep and we can make an act of contrition even to, to God before we go to sleep and examine our day and maybe some things that we can improve the next day. So I think that's a really good advice from Padre Pio as well. So personally, I always invoke Padre Pio and St. John Bosco prior to going to confession. I ask them to assist me in my examination of conscience and to aid me in having a firm purpose of amendment, which is to never sin again. Boy, easy, easy, easier said than done, right? I encourage you to do the same thing. It really does make a big difference when you invoke the intercession of the saints because they're our friends. They're up in heaven already, and they love us very much, and they want us to go to heaven as well. So St. Padre Pio, pray for us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode talking about St. Padre Pio and uh, uh, what a special gift that he was to the church and he still is to the church. And I encourage you to to read more about him and the stories of miracles that uh, seem to follow him every step of his life. It was really, really a beautiful life that he'd lived. And uh, again, he's still very much alive and very much in the picture to help us here on earth. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Catholic Canuck Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us. Thanks, everyone, for your prayers and support and for listening to these episodes so far. We're still pretty early in the game, but uh, I'm having a blast doing it, and I'm having a lot of fun interacting with you. And remember, Catholics, confession three times a year, every Advent, Lent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.